0: well we are on a, a journey this season of easter that's the the season after easter sunday all the way through pentecost that starts it's next sunday of uh, exploring you know what does the resurrection really mean for us Um, And and our our journey here is about how in the power of the risen Christ, uh, we are continually being regenerated. We are regenerating. We are being made new more and more in the image of of Christ and that we are empowered by the power of the resurrection. And and today, as we look at Colossians, this part of Colossians, uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us as a church how we are being regenerating to, together, how we need one another uh, for that to happen. And it, it's a perfect fit for uh, our remembrance day when we, we come together in order to support and encourage and lift one another up who have lost um, loved ones and in a way that all of us have lost loved ones that we are, are need one another for that kind of support, that, that guide, that, that direction, uh, so that uh, we keep our eyes on, in the midst of our grief and our tears, we keep our eyes on Jesus. And as we'll see uh, in, in our connections with one another, our gatherings together, what Paul's going to lead us to is to say, keep your eyes on Jesus. It's His peace that's to rule in us. It's, it's His words that are to, to live in us. It's His name that is to guide and direct us in all that we do. And, and we need one another for that. A passage in Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 15 uh, through 17. It's found on page 958 in your uh, pew Bible, or you can uh, follow along on the screen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your spirit who speaks to us of your of your truth, of your goodness, and help us to hear from you in this time, to to hear and apply what you are saying to us. Continue to make us new, regenerate us together, and show us what we need. Um, each of us, uh, together, what we do together to to help and support and strengthen one another on this journey. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, so you see here, and again, the, one of the reasons that I think while Paul is talking to the church there in their public gatherings is because it, it, he, he says in verse 15, "Have the peace of Christ rule in you to which you were called in one body. You know, we can hear that, let the peace of Christ rule in you. We can hear it individually. You know, okay, well, let me be at peace. You know, let me be at ease. But why would he then say you were called in one body unless he was talking to the group as a whole? How you relate to one another. Let the peace of Christ rule in your relationships to one another, in our relationships with each other, because you were called as one body. It doesn't make sense that he would be saying that to me individually. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm one body. I'm not divided. But we are called as one. We have been made by the power of the resurrection into one body the body of Christ. We are unified in in Him. That is our reality. That is our eternal destination. That is who we are in Jesus. And what Paul is saying, let the peace of Christ rule in your relationships with each other so that you will be who you are. Not that you need to attain it. Not that you need to achieve it. It's already been achieved by Jesus. An interesting word when it says that the peace of Christ rule in your body. The word for rule there is the same word that's used for judge or an arbiter. You know, so, so in your relationships, in our relationships with one another, the arbiter, the, the judge that, that says, Well, this is how you should act to one another. The defining guidance as to how we treat one another is the peace of Christ. What does that look like then? The peace of Christ is, is to, to be what rules in our relationships with each other. That's the definitive guidance. What brings peace among us? What, what lives into the reality that the resurrection has accomplished in making us one? Well, you can look back a few verses in what uh, Pastor Dennis preached a couple weeks ago. Where He he tells us because we're chosen, because we're holy, therefore we're to act like Jesus, which is to be humble, meek, and kind, bearing with one another in conflict and forgiving one another just as Jesus has forgiven you. If you want a picture of the peace of Jesus that brings the, that unity of the body of Christ, of being one, that peace, it's to, to be our judge, to be our ruler and how we live one another, how we live with one another, that, then I think the best picture is Jesus on the cross. I think that's the best picture because there is God in the flesh... With nails in his hands, in his feet, a spear in his side, thorns jabbed into his head, who, by his very thought, could bring legions of angels down to destroy all around him and remove him from such a painful place, but he knew what would bring peace his death. It's not our sin that hung Him on the cross. It's not the Romans that hung Him on the cross. It's not the Jews that hung Him on the cross. It was Jesus who was hung on the cross by Jesus' will and desire and decisions. That's a picture of what brings peace. And it's that peace that's to rule to be the judge in our very souls as to how we treat one another. That is what regenerating means. That's the power of the resurrection in our relationships with each other. And then you'll, you'll see this throughout. Um, in, in all three verses he says this, and be thankful. And, and be, be thankful for what? Well, be thankful that you're in the body of Christ. Let's be thankful that it's the peace of Christ that kept Him on the cross. Let's be thankful that Jesus didn't come down. He didn't do what was in His right to do. And He stayed on the cross so that we might have peace with God and peace with one another, that the dividing walls came tumbling down between us and God and one another. Let's be thankful that we... Get to participate in the eternal reality of the unity of God's people with one another. Let the peace of Christ rule in our lives. Let that be our, our guiding motivation for how we treat, how we care for one another then he goes on so the peace of Christ is to rule in us now let the word of Christ live among you be alive among you dwell you know, not just be present not just be posted on the wall not, not just be read but it needs to be alive it needs to be dwelling among you together and not just dwelling but, a, but dwelling abundantly richly in in the the highest echelon, in in the, the penthouse of dwelling is where... The word of Christ needs to be, to be to be fully alive, to guide us. Not not we don't want anybody else's word to be guiding us. We don't want anybody else's word to be dwelling and living here. Not your word, not my word, not their word, not our favorite artists or our favorite politician or our our, our favorite author or movie star. We don't want their word to be dwelling here in the highest place. We want Jesus' words, his message. Messages to be living here, touching every part of our lives, sort of like the blood in our body. You know, that, that blood, that living organ. That it is in, in us and that it touches every part of us, you know, that brings what is nourishing and true and what removes what is wasteful. Right? That, that, it's like that blood in our bodies. That's what the Word of Jesus is. And, and how does this, this happen that the Word of Jesus dwells in it? Well, one, it happens right now. I mean, that's why we have, when we gather together, reading of the Word and talking about the Word and applying the Word in our lives. You know, uh, Kathy, my wife got a Fitbit for Mother's Day. You know, those are those are those little uh, like uh, watches that uh, then connect to your iPad or iPhone or or phone, those kind of things, and it can it logs. You know, how many hours you sleep. It logs what kind of sleep. It logs how many steps you've taken and when you were really active, when you weren't really active, and it it tells you. You know, you've only taken so many steps in this hour, so you better. Get off the chair and start talk, Start walking. I mean, it does all kinds. And then you can log what you ate and all your calories and all that. And that's really good. And that's a lot for health. But where does it ask you how much time did you spend reading the words of the Lord and Savior of your life? We log all kinds of things. Do we log letting the Word of Jesus dwell in us? My challenge to you this summer is to log how much time you spend in Jesus' Word every day. That, that's what brings us regenerating power. That is the Word of truth in life. That, that is the word, And it's why during the, during the summer we're going to be walking through a chunk of the Gospel of John. But Paul makes it clear, if we're about that unity of the body, if we're about regenerating in Him, then it's the words of Jesus and no other word that need to dwell in us and be alive in us. Is that word... Uh, the first thing that, that has to happen is we've got to know it. I mean, we, we have to be reading it. We, it. we have to be in it every day. And I know that most of us aren't. So this is a challenging word. That's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to encourage and admonish. We're supposed to tell folks, yeah, this is what you're doing, this is what you're not doing. Encourage folks in what we're, we're doing that is the right thing in accordance with Jesus' word and we're to warn when we're not. And I'm just here to tell you, you're getting messages of words every day, all the time. So we have to be regularly reading, daily reading in His Word. Let it it dwell in you richly and then we've got to talk about it. It, We teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. We have to be in relationships where we talk about our walk with Jesus because none of us are there. We need that accountability, that support, that challenge, that help from one another as we're walking through following Jesus together. We are not just on a boat gliding through life waiting for that day when we see Him face to face. No, we are here to be His people right now, and we need His Word in us. Otherwise, we're going to be more American than we are Christian. Or are you going to be more Cincinnatian than you are Christian? I'm going to be more a Smith than I am a follower of Jesus. We don't want that. That is not what we want. We, we need His Word. So that, that's the, the challenge. That's where we're admonished in here. And in all wisdom means that, yeah, we, we need to say His Word, encourage one another, challenge one another in all wisdom, in ways that we can hear with one another and in ways that we do it. In ways that we apply His Word. I mean, Jesus told us in Matthew 7 the fool is the one who reads His Word but doesn't do it. You might remember that old parable. That's like the person that builds his house on the sand. The wise person is the one who reads His Word and does it, that's the one who builds his house on a rock. So we as community, again, how we re regenerating is that we are regularly in talking about, encouraging, admonishing, teaching one another what we're reading from Jesus in His Word. And then the other thing we do is with gratitude in your hearts, we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And if these aren't the two parts of a worship service. I don't know what is. That's what he's talking about. That's what that's what that's what the Christians have been we've been doing this since Jesus gathering around his word and singing songs with one another. But we're a couple things about the singing songs here. And here's a place where you can maybe admonish yourself or maybe encourage yourself. As we were just singing. Were you singing to God? Or were you just singing? Or maybe even your focus was on if the you liked the song or not. Or maybe your focus was on how it was being sung. Or maybe your focus was on singing it just right. That doesn't matter. That does not build us in this regenerating journey. What matters is, are we singing songs of truth to God? That's what he said. And with thanksgiving. With Thanksgiving in your heart, or the, the point, and, it, and you know and that's why he lists all kinds of songs. They probably had the same issues then they did that, that we do now, because they were human. Well, I like Psalms. Paul says, I don't care. Great, if you like Psalms then sing them to God, I don't like hymns. Well, I don't care. Sing, is it about God? Is it true? Then sing it to God, whether you like it or not, and do it with thankfulness. Huh? That's. And that is what builds us up. That is what encourages us. You know, God. God's so smart. I mean, He really, really is. Because, you know, we, we used to think that memory, long-term memory and, and deep memory was um, housed in different parts of your brain. Actually, that's not the case. What Deep memory has nothing to do with where it's housed in your brain, but how deeply... It was embedded. How active the neurotransmitters were in your brain when you heard it or said it or sang it. Well, the point of singing is it uses more of your brain. It makes your brain more active than if you're just sitting like now, me sitting here talking to you. When we sing, more parts of our brain are active so it goes deeper. Well, God created the brain so He knew that. and That's why He said we need to sing. I mean, think about this. How else will a four-year-old learn his ABCs? You think just saying A, B, C, D, you're going to memorize all 26 letters of the alphabet just from rote? Or how do we all remember it even today in the state of some of our memories? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We all know it. See, that, God, God knows that. So if we want the Word to dwell in us, it is both teaching, admonishing from the words of Christ, and also singing them to God. Maybe if there's any one thing I'd have you remember today, it's now every time you sit in that place and you sing, that you are sure you're singing to God over here, you got a real help. I mean, that window right there with Jesus looking at you, that's why it's the good seat. Now, you got a cross right there that will remind you. And if that doesn't help you, then come sit over here and look at Jesus when you're singing. Let's sing to God because that's where the Word becomes deeper within us. And then finally, in everything, whatever you do, in word or deed. Do everything in the name of Jesus. Giving thanks to God through him. See that thanks? See how it comes through three times? There's something about that. We don't have time to really unpack that. But that, that sense of gratitude is throughout as well. As we are regenerating, so we are supporting and encouraging one another. Let us help one another always to be thankful. But now, in a way, this, this is almost a benediction um, uh, uh, in the conclusion of this section of what Paul is saying. Now as you go forth, everything, wherever you go, in your home, which Gene talked about last Sunday, in, in, at your workplace, which we're going to talk about next Sunday, uh, social media, which Mike talked about a couple weeks ago. And yes, here's the admonishing part. Even when you're driving, you do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean, name? It's two things. It means His character. When you do something in the name of Jesus, you are doing something as His representative. You are doing something in accordance to His character. So everything is to be in alignment with His character. And you're doing it in His authority. You know how when we, we pray regularly, our, our prayer, that we're going to do greater things than Jesus. And that always throws people off. Well, the only problem is Jesus is the one that said it. And what he's saying is you're going forth in my authority. My, my name has weight. <laughs> and, and so we're, we're going forth in everything that we do. So as we gather in worship, as we sing, as we hear His Word, it's, it's to, to fill us as a people so that when we go forward, wherever we go, we are His witnesses. We, we need one another in order to be sent forth in His name. We, we need, this is the place where we practice humility and meekness and gentleness and kindness in the place of opposition and conflict. This is the place where we remind each other of Jesus on the cross who refused to take himself down out of peace between us and God. We need one another to do that. We need one another to, to teach and admonish and help one another encourage one another through His Word and we need one another to be singing to lift us up to, to in connect with more than just our mind but to connect with our soul and even deeper we need one another that's why we gather here on Remembrance Sunday in the face of death one of the the greatest challenges that we face the the thing that that people around us are still scared to death of That that, that people um, uh, outside the, the church whisper death just don't talk about it because they're scared of it. So it's a, it's a very real, painful, scary loss. But we come together. We come together today. We come together every Resurrection Sunday to help us all be pointed to Jesus. To recognize His peace. That He conquered Death that separates us from God and has made peace between us and God. Death has lost its sting. We we gather here together to remember, to to, to let His words dwell in us, that He has gone to prepare a place for all who are in Him and to be reminded of the power, the authority of His name that He is greater even than death itself. Oh, that's, this is just a, one example of how he, we help one another on this regenerating journey. For those of us that have experienced death in loved ones around us, that we know it's not the end and that we can respond in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, one, that we weep at their death. That we had such a relationship with them that when it's gone, we're 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 hurt. Would we want it to be another way? That it didn't hurt? That would be, that would demonstrate the relationship really wasn't there. And we're also gathered in thankfulness and gratitude that Jesus has conquered sin and death. And that those who know Jesus, who've gone before him, now rejoice in a peace, in a presence, in a glory that we can only dream about. As we come to this time of remembrance, it is one where we do this before one another because we need one another to recognize and to help and to live in the power of the resurrection even in the face of death. Amen.